Hey, welcome everybody. I'm glad that you've joined me today. And listen, there's exciting things that are developing. Listen, we are moving forward with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're pressing forward. Folks, we're in a spiritual battle. I'm gonna tell you just how serious this is in just a second. However, before we go there, I want to remind you, if you haven't done it already, make sure that you subscribe to this YouTube channel. Listen, uh, and also click on the like and share this video. And remember this, to subscribe, click on the bell, you'll get notifications of any of the updates that we have, prophecy conferences or any of those things. And also, uh, it's free to subscribe. Uh, but let's get going. Consider this, I received this from Breitbart today. I've got good news, bad news, and really bad news for the pro-life movement. The good news is the judge dismissed six of the 15 felony criminal charges against pro-life citizen journalist David Daladin stemming from his undercover investigation of Planned Parenthood, leaving him facing nine felony counts. Remember that Planned Parenthood, the sting operation basically with the cameras? All right, he's facing nine felony counts. Uh, not so fast. He's actually now facing 10. The bad news is the California Attorney General added a 10th felony charge at David's arraignment. And the really bad news is that he's going to go before a jury, it looks like, and he's facing at the very reality that he's looking at 10 years in a state penitentiary. All because he exposed what was really going on with Planned Parenthood. I want you to think about that. I want you to think about where we are in this world. As a church, you're not allowed to open your doors. However, abortion clinics are deemed essential. Marijuana, pot shops, uh, marijuana stores that weren't even legal in most of the states until just recently are now deemed essential, but it is not essential. You are not allowed to gather at a church and worship the Lord and pray to him. In fact, in California, uh, there's some restrictions for opening up a church. The restrictions are bizarre. The numbers are super, super limited, incredibly limited. And you're even told, hey, you're not supposed to sing if you gather together because you could spread the coronavirus. These things are just absolutely absurd. Listen, I want you to understand that we are in a spiritual battle. And so significant is the spiritual battle that we are finding pastors on one side of it or the other side. Listen, I am about pressing forward. I'm about, as being a pastor, we're going to open up the doors. We're going to worship the Lord. In fact, we've done that for the last three weeks. We've opened up the doors and we're moving forward. We're going to do it again this coming Sunday. But consider this. On Friday, this past Friday, President Trump, uh, he made a statement that churches are essential. That is the president of the United States, all 50 states. On Friday, after Trump announced that, John MacArthur, a well-known uh, Bible teacher and pastor, he uh, made a video. He announced his church will be open on Sunday. But after that, the Ninth Circuit Court voted or, or ruled against Trump and said, no, uh, churches are not essential. You're, they overruled Trump. So MacArthur recognized the Ninth Circuit Court and the state of California as being the governing authority over us and discounted what the President of the United States has said. So what in the world is going on? So this is what we have. We have division between pastors and between churchgoers. Those who say we should gather to worship because this is what God commands, and those who are saying, no, we're going to not obey the President of the United States, but obey uh, a lesser authority in all reality. Um, Consider this. Should we be involved in politics? I want you to think of it this way. 
Uh, does the state control the church? Think of this. Our founding fathers were well aware of the centuries-old conflict between church and state. As they wrote our Constitution through the First Amendment, they provided clarity by stating Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. Listen, we have the freedom to worship according to the Constitution of the United States and according to the First Amendment. I believe that we need to press forward in that. Consider these words also. Um, this was sent to me from a friend who wrote, I know that politics is just another tool in our belt, but regrettably, Christians avoid it to the peril of our children and grandchildren. The answer is always Jesus, but Jesus wants to influence the whole of society, and that includes politics. The only reason why politics is dirty is that believers have abandoned it. We should have a healthy view that politics is limited in its ability to change the heart, but it sure has an effect on the behavior towards one another. If we would seek justice and protection of the innocent, then we should not forsake engaging our world with the truth of Christ, even in the political realm. I have to admit, it would be easier to just say that I am a citizen of heaven and forget all things political, but we are not, are we not ambassadors for Christ? It implies that we are always representing Christ and the gospel in every level of this world. I look at this and I consider people that are saying we need to just submit to uh, and not be willing to press forward and worship the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, I'm alarmed by that. I'm alarmed by the freedoms that are being taken from us. And I'm watching these things. And I remember what happened in the days of Nazi Germany. And I'm not going to go down that path. Pastors wouldn't stand up for the truth. They wouldn't stand up against the government. They wouldn't speak against the Nazi regime. And the next thing you know what happened? Uh, Jews are being killed, all kinds of people are being killed. And by the time some of the pastors, most of them never even spoke up. By the time some of them decided it's time to speak up, it was much too late. With that, I want to put this all into perspective. In 2 Chronicles chapter 29 and in chapter 30, the Bible tells us that in the first year of King Hezekiah's rule, he commanded the Levites, he said, listen, he commanded the Levites to reopen the doors of the temple. Why? Because they had been closed to the worship of the Lord. He commanded uh, the Levites to reopen the doors of the temple, to clean out all of the idols, and to restore the worship of God. Hezekiah did that, the king did that, and the righteous Levites responded to what the king had said. Listen, this past Friday again, Trump said, reopen the doors of the churches. I believe this is a call to pastors. I believe it's very clear. I want you to consider this. The Levites responded to what the king had said. They cleaned out everything. They brought all of the animals in for the sacrifices, and they led in the worship of the Lord. In verse 28 of 2 Chronicles chapter 29, the entire assembly gathered and they worshiped the Lord. There's an abundance of offering, it goes on to say. So the temple of the Lord was restored to surface, and Hezekiah and the people rejoiced greatly because of what God had done for the people, and that everything had been accomplished so quickly. 
But this gets even more interesting. When you read this in 2 Chronicles chapter 30, the Bible goes on and says, at Hezekiah's command, listen to this, messengers were sent throughout all Israel and Judea, and they carried letters which said, O people of Israel, return to the Lord. And then it goes on and says in verse 10 of chapter 30, the messengers went from town to town with this message to come back and worship together at the temple, but most of the people just laughed at them and made fun of them. That is remarkable. Think about it again. The king says, open the doors of the temple. It's time to reopen them. They've been closed. The Levites say, aha, we get it. We're going to do that. Then they send messengers out to the rest of the country. And many of the people in the rest of the country, they laughed at them. Worship the Lord, reopen the temples. What a stupid thing to do at a time like this. Listen, this is 2 Chronicles chapter 29 and 30 being relived in our day right now. This is incredible. But listen, God's hand was upon Judah as you continue to read. He gave them strong desire to unite in obeying the orders of the king and in following, get this, the word of the Lord, chapter 30, verse 12. So they got rid of the idols and, as God told them to in, in his word. And a month later, then the usual time for Passover, they took their places at the temple and God blessed them. And the Lord listened to Hezekiah's prayer and God healed the people who followed him, those that desired to follow the Lord. It goes on and says, the Levitical priest stood and blessed the people and God heard them from his holy dwelling in heaven. Listen, this is a call. I look at chapter 29 and 30 of 2 Chronicles. This is a call for you and I. God has told us to gather together and worship him. God told the Levites, the leaders back in the days of Hezekiah, reopen the doors, send out word. Don't worry if the people laugh. Don't worry if the people mock. Don't worry if the people threaten you. You keep me first. And when they did that, God is the one who blessed all those who are faithful to follow the Lord. Listen, we live in a time where people are fearful. God tells you, I'll take care of your fears. God even healed the people who followed him. I find this remarkable. I find it just like we are in the place we are today. Listen, this is a call from God to repent and return to the Lord. This is a challenge to you. It's a challenge to me. Ask God, is there something you need to repent of? Do you need to get right with the Lord Jesus Christ? Have you been making excuses to not worship the Lord? What was, life, what was your church life like before churches got shut down? Was there something wrong? Was there something not right? Listen, this is a call from God to get right with Him. God bless. Thanks for listening and being a part of this week's podcast. Before you go, I'd like to invite you to visit our website, hopeforourtimes.com, and check out the many resources we have to offer. On our website, we have books, DVDs, and daily news articles that will always keep you up to date on the times we're living in. If you'd like to see the video version of this week's podcast, you can find us at Hope For Our Times on YouTube. God bless, and we'll talk to you next time.